You are listening to the Steadfast Life Podcast with Jake and Witt, where we take your questions and offer our answers. We're here to give you what you're looking for, whether that's value, entertainment, or just some laughs. So I do want to say for you two and for anyone who watches this later, that my heart is so in this and, and it's so in education and it's in what you're doing and I remember it and um, I'm, I'm proud of the teachers that are out there fighting the fight right now. I know that it's not easy. I know that it's different. And especially, you know, I think a lot of teachers are sort of extroverted and, and it can feel lonely if you're doing it through Zoom and, you know, wherever you are. It can even feel lonely just looking at masks out there. And, and so I know there's a lot going on. I know that I, I don't, I guess what this is what I want to say. I'm not trying to diminish the challenge. At the same time, I could agree with you about the challenge and then we'd all be stuck. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to do that. <clears throat> but, but I do want you to know that, that I really do have a heart. And so there are basically, um, there are a few sort of like policies that, that Wit and I stand by. And, and one is that the answer is inside of you. Always. It's in you. Whatever that you come, whatever you come here struggling with, whatever question you have, it's in you. And it's only your thinking that's preventing you from seeing that. And so because of that, the coaching that we provide, it's, ne- it's not about strategies per se. And it's never going to be like, here are five steps to success. It's always going to be about revealing your thinking so that the thinking can be evaluated and it will only ever be evaluated by you. <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm never evaluating your thinking. I'm, I'm really only revealing it. I just want to see it. And so I, I'm going to ask questions and sometimes the questions are going to be annoying, but it, it's, just, it's just to bring that out. <clears throat> and, and then the other piece of it is that we believe that every single obstacle is a thought obstacle. And there are no exceptions. And so, you know, when you're in it, you're like, ah, but this is a real obstacle. And I'll be transparent. Me too. When I'm in it, I'm like, but this one is real. And when Wit's in it, she's like, but this one (laughs) is is real. But the, the idea, what we choose to believe is that there are no exceptions that every obstacle is a thought obstacle. And, and like I said, our main reason for thinking that is what does it put in our R line? What result does it produce? If I agree with you, we could all sit here and comfort each other about how hard it is, but then that leaves you nowhere. So uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna hold, hold space for this. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to start. You had such good questions, Monica, and you guys can really unmute if you want. I'm, and this is gonna be very, very conversational. I put this together. I, I don't know how easy that is to, to see from where you are, but um, basically, this is what I did. I, I coached myself on the obstacles that you presented, and they were great. Uh, Brooke, there, I have some of them down here. It's like, what do I do if, if I've got um, parents blaming me for their mm-hmm. students' performance? Um, students are saying I studied, but I still did poorly on the test. Uh, students who want extra credit, even though they didn't do any of the work up to this point. Um, 
students have like parents who are providing a supportive environment and and they just don't care and it seems like they don't understand the consequences of their actions um, students distracted by cell phones in class uh, incorporating a growth mindset without uh, offering the retest which I know is like sort of a hot button issue in in education and um, and just generally ha having the kids take more more ownership over their education these are these are brilliant questions. I mean, these are the questions that are like at the foundation of, of teaching. And, um, and I'll say, and this is kind of fun, when you get into this mindset, uh, I like to be inspired. I, I like to work from a place where I'll get this and I feel inspired. And that's what, that's literally how I coach myself for this Zoom. And it's something that I noticed even happened in my teaching because early on, I I was assigned the same subject like more often than I wanted to be and it was so boring and and so what I started doing was intentionally not prepping lessons because I wanted the excitement I, I wanted the feeling of a student saying but Mr. Rail down here, we've got A level, B level, C level problems down here with the third one and the C level. I don't know how to do that. And I've got this moment of like, I probably don't either. Not right away. You know, like we're, but it, what it present, presented was an authentic experience of let me, let's go figure this out because this is the thing. I'll get this. That's the difference between me and the student is I'm 100% sure I'll get to the answer and the student is probably 99% sure they won't. And, and so that, that's the only difference in that moment. And it's so funny to me that like teaching all these students that thought I knew, I'm like, yeah, I don't know either. I even, I think I was even sharing with Brooke a little bit ago that um, I liked creating PowerPoint presentations <laughs> and then not reviewing them from the previous year. And I would tell the students when I click next, we're all going to be equally surprised <laughs> at what we see <laughs> on this next slide. And, you know, I, I really don't recommend that as a teaching technique. <laughs> However, I do recommend it as a mindset, that it, it, it's very fun. And so similarly, I feel it again right now when we're looking at, okay, what do we want to talk about in, in this conversation? And so something like, you know, how, wh what do I do when teachers are blaming me for their students' performance? I'm like, yes, that's like a, you know, if we're doing our, working out of the textbook that's a c-level problem and and i haven't prepped it i don't know <laughs> and, and i i love it but i did prep this I, I prepped a mindset for it of how i i get into a mindset before this call so last time we talked a little bit about this ctfar um concept that we have going on here and so i just put in the c-line sort of the summary of all those things students not performing now I have my hands a little bit tied because if I were coaching to those questions, students not performing is too vague to go in the C line. That's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a judgment that I'm making. And so I just put 70% on there so that I had some hard, a hard lines. So I've got like my, I'm teaching, I'm teaching. And in my evaluation as a professional teacher, in terms of their effort, their behavior and the actual scores they're getting on things, they're not passing. And so that's sort of where I'm starting. And then, you know, this is where I'd be curious to hear sort of what default thoughts would be coming up for either of you. But 
the one, if, if I kind of drill down, I'm like, why does that bother me so much if they're not? And, and ultimately I'm like, well, it's my job. Like I'm, I'm supposed to be the one who can write this shit and, and I'm not doing it right. Like that, ultimately that's the thing. Like, man, if they're not, if I give a test and no one's passing it, I assign meaning to me. And so that's a super important question to ask yourself and to ask your students when that relationship exists is, is you're saying, what am I making this mean about me? This thing that's in this circumstance line. And so as I kind of saw, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing it right. And I don't know how I put in there. Uh, it's just a common thing that we hear from clients, but I don't know how. And it could be, I don't know how to adjust, or I don't know how to fix it, or I don't know how to do it any better, or, you know, like whatever, but there's some sort of, an I don't know how in there. And it makes you feel defeated. Are, are there any other thoughts that either of you think when the people below you are not performing to where you think they should? For me, I mean, it's questions like, well, why aren't they? Why aren't they? Why aren't they? Why aren't they? I get, yeah, also the stuff about me, but also why aren't they? Why aren't they? Mm -hmm. I've said this a million times. Why aren't they? Why aren't they listening? Why? Yeah. Why didn't they hear me? All the That's, other million times I said it. It's perfect. It's perfect. So one of the techniques you can use with this is that um, why aren't they is going to bring up one emotion and it might be kind of soft. And the the harder thought is a sentence rather than a question and you're going to say i don't know how to get them to i don't know how to get them to pay attention i it, you know okay. and, yeah and so it, you'll you'll notice that that thought feels a little worse <laughs> than, than than the question which is good because you want to get that accurate feeling that is not the feeling you're living from 100 percent of the time it's just the one it's the one that pops up that you don't like mm-hmm mm-hmm Um, Brooke, I know that your teaching is more with adults or like other nurses that are below you. Do, do you have anything different that comes up in your thought line when they're underperforming? Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I have similar thoughts okay. <laughs> that you guys are sharing. And yeah, just thoughts of um, um, you like more the question of like, why? Like, why are you not doing this? Like, this is your job. Like, uh -huh. can, can we just do our job? <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, no, th those are great. And that's actually slightly different and maybe even more accurate for you, Monica. It's that one is the thought is they should do their job. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, you like, yeah. you should do this better. You should be, you know, doing these things. And that's a, that's another really uh, emotion provoking thought, you know, that comes up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that tends to make us feel sort of uh, oftentimes uh, in a weird way anxious because it's like something like I need them to do something that I can't make them do yeah. and, mm. and I'm like oh I, I hate how that feels <laughs> inside yeah. yeah yes perfect super good self-awareness that, that's that's really helpful so then when you feel that, so it could be defeated, it could be hopeless, it could be anxious, you know, if we were to get into really needing them to do something different. And I know that's a feeling that comes up, especially for teachers when there are um, end of course exams. And, and I'm like, no, I need you to do this. <laughs> like, and same thing with like AP exams. Yeah. 
the the first time the first time I taught AP in Texas, it was so different. Like, I don't think there was one single kid that should have been in that class based on the prerequisites that would have existed when I was in California. Mm-hmm. And so one of one of the students when it was the AP exam day, I, I bought him breakfast, and I'm like, all right, you know, here we're gonna go do this. And uh, it was easy to buy him breakfast because here there were like only eight people in that class. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I walked out and one of the kids had a pillow. And I was like, why do you have a pillow? And he's like, well, I don't know this. So I'm just going to take a nap. And I'm like, dude, like I've got some value in this, you know, like how you perform. And so I got to do a lot of personal growth when not one student passed, like, not one, no, no threes out of this entire crew. And so I, I was like, man, that this this is some self-worth that I get to, I get to check on and, and grow from. But yeah, exactly. It was, I was anxious thinking uh, of that, thinking of, I, I was nervous. Frustrated too. It was a feeling that I can feel like that frustration when yeah. I have some of those thoughts. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. And, and definitely like first day of the next year, I'm like, listen, <laughs> if you're not taking this test, go drop the class. This is a very small school. I teach all of the math classes. You'll still have me as a teacher. Just get in a different period. <laughs> but uh all that you know it's actually an interesting thing because this is what i did is i dug in and defended uh, I, I looked at that and i'm like no there's got to be some they need to they need to put different students in my classroom because i'm not looking at what adjustments i need to make i'm not looking at how it might be different to teach this class in this small town texas school versus an, a los angeles california school like i'm i'm thinking no i figure i solved this problem you guys need to get on board you know, I'm, I'm really digging in and defending because I, because my, my value is threatened, right, in this case. Um, I blame things that I have no control over. And, and this is where, you know, it, it could even be the student's um, mindset, you know, are they students, the kids today, you know, like, like that kind of stuff. Nice. I just put the solution completely outside of me where I have no control. Very convenient. Um, numbing which would be a very individualized favorite flavor. I'm sure we've worked with the teachers who go out for a happy hour with the other teachers starting like Wednesday night. And, and then, but there are also, there's lots of flavors of numbing that, you know, there's th- teachers who are just like kind of uh, disconnect and give worksheets. And, and there are, are teachers who um, overwork in a, in a numbing sort of a way. Like it's like extra pressure. I'll do it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put the notes online. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to spoon feed them. I'm going to spoon feed them so hard that they can't, that that's kind of another way of, of quieting your own anxiety. You know, I think if any of us took a step back from that, we would be like, is that serving the student? <laughs> really? I, I know I did that. As soon as I learned that I, I got my first smart board and I was like, I can, I can put the notes online and, and I can have the students come see them. So I'll print out the slides and, and all they have to do, I gave them so much. And I'm like, a little ways in, I'm like, is this really a good idea? <laughs> None of this is, is working the way that I thought it would. Um, another one is to close off. And that's where the conversations come in where, you know, a student may say like, hey, I really worked at this and I didn't get the result that I wanted. And we're, our default thought is like, no, you didn't. And, you know, there's a little bit of a close interaction with them. 
Um, give the power away, of course, is kind of what we're talking about, that I need my students to, I need my students to do something so that I'll be okay. Um, and then what that does is it puts the result in our mind as greater than the process. I, I'm now, all I'm thinking is how can I get higher scores in the AP exam? It's like, it's like on my mind constantly. How can I raise scores? How can I raise scores? How, instead of like, how can I teach them math? How, how could I come alongside them on their journey? How, you know, it's, it's a really different um, mindset to be in. And then also answers over growth. And I kind of, it's kind of the same thing, but I put it on here for a reason I'll show you in a second. I'm also mean to myself. And I start a little bit of compare, you know, you start looking online, there's teachers that have a 90 something percent pass rate and I got a zero. I'm like, gosh, I must be terrible. And, and so like that part comes in, which is not going to be helpful. And then sometimes I even lash out at my students and, and I would get first, that kid coming with a pillow, that could be a real red flag for me in terms of like, you know, like it would be good for me actually to be like, what did I do that led to this? <laughs> you know? How did I not communicate that there was a test? <laughs> you know, and you remember all those FRQs? <laughs> but um, I, I did it instead. I'm like, what's the matter with you? You know, like it's, it's very, very outward. You need to be different. So all of that, it leaves me, it leaves me stuck. Because now I go into the next year, nowhere in here is they're evaluating. Nowhere in here is they're innovating and creativity and coming up with new ideas. It, it's all, it's all like fueled by this place that I, I'm not, I'm not doing it right. And there's nothing I can do about it. And th that thought, and that's the reason I have them both read. It's this thought that's leading me to this space. What was interesting about this to me as I was looking through it is that I could just erase my students not performing and I could put, I failed the test. And every one of my students is in this exact same model. We're mm. all doing the same thing. <laughs> We're just all in the same room together thinking, and they're probably, they probably have tons of ideas about how I could be better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, he doesn't teach. He never teaches anything. <laughs> nothing that he teaches, nothing that we review is ever on the test. <laughs> but, but I'm sure they've got all, and you know, it's all just coming from that they're feeling defeated and hopeless and probably kind of anxious about what's this going to mean for them, where they're going to be left when they don't pass this test and, you know, whatever. So I was like, oh, that's why I put this one that answers over growth, because I would put in the student's model cheating mm. is what comes in. Because now mm -hmm. all of a sudden results and answers are more important than process and growth. If I could just have the answers, if I could just have the answers, well then cheating, it's really tempting. And that is there. such, uh, sorry, I love, I never, I didn't even think about it. It's a whole different perspective when I think about that from their perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, like if all of a sudden that circumstance is the student who failed, you know, I failed the test. I mean, I failed the test, yeah. Crazy that, that student is literally going through the exact same thing that we are. I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah, that's absolutely. very interesting. No, it, and it is, it is the, it's what I learned in our first, first time we did this, I was trying to learn what, how, how can I help? And the more I thought about it, the more conversations I had on phones and email, the more I realized that the, the first thing that I could do is show teachers how to help themselves mm -hmm. because it's trying to get a student to get out of this model 
when I'm in this model is like trying to teach math when I don't know math. It, you know, that like I have to do me first. I've got to go to school and, and take my math classes, <laughs> you know, and then I, then I can go teach it. And so, yeah, I, I agree. It was very eye-opening and definitely one of those things where I'm like, oh, why didn't I know this? <laughs> but it's good. Yeah. Um, I, I want to check before we move on if you know in yourself any other actions that are that are in here that you notice you do when you're feeling defeated, hopeless, or anxious. Crying. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah. what does that sound like? Um, what what what's the talk that leads you there? Is that privately or perfect? yeah? <laughs> <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, it's such a defeated. Mm. Uh, yeah, just, I failed. It's a lot of negative on me. Yeah. Like I failed. I did this. I did this. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. Mm -hmm. Negative self-talk. Yeah. So, so good. So good to know. Yeah. Uh, the, the reason that's important is that often this is the first thing that we notice that there, there's no way there's no way to just stay in a good place all the time. Like we're gonna, we're gonna dip into this model sometimes. And, and so if you're clear on your actions, then you've got a few red flags that you notice where you're like, oh, I, I'm, in a, I'm in the model. <laughs> you know, I'm in the model I don't wanna be in right, mm. right now. I'm in my default. And so then you can go check, how am I feeling? And if you go look back, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling defeated. And, and you can imagine if you walked into a class and you started off class by saying, hey, I just want to check in with every single student in one word, how are you feeling right now? And, and granted, at first, I mean, that's not going to go anywhere. But, but, but if the students were <laughs> honest, I mean, if, if you had a connection with the students, you might, I mean, you can almost imagine, you really don't even need to ask. Mm -hmm. There's going to be fear and there's going to be dread. And, and there's going to be defeated and there's going to be hopeless. And, the, and you're like, oh, that's, it's really good for me to know what's fueling the, the people, that, the students in my classroom, where I, well, my hope is I want, them to, I want them to do all these things. I want them to show up inspired and I want them to, to work hard and, and, and be resilient. And when they hit the first obstacle, keep on going. And, <laughs> and the, they're feeling defeated already, like, you know, before it even started. So it's just sort of a, it's a cool awareness to have. Yeah, as you can I can see that. So the purpose of this model, and, and, you know, this is super important. It's not a bad one and a good one. That, that judgment, it, we're not interested in, especially because sometimes the, they, these are pretty stark contrast. Sometimes the model, they're a little more subtle, the difference. And so it's not really, it's not really the, the wrong one and the right one and the bad one and the good one. It's just results, nothing else. And, and so like none of these actions are bad. None of these thoughts are bad. I can just see, oh, neutral as can be, when I'm thinking this, this is where I end up. Mm -hmm. Perfect, perfect. Mm -hmm. Exactly where I should end up if I was thinking that probably. <laughs> Everything is going right. So then when you're doing this on your own, you put the exact same circumstance in the other side. And I actually um, didn't start off with this thought. 
when I made this model, I was more thinking, what, what do I, I really actually, I started here. I was like, what do I want to feel? What would I want to feel if I was, if I was teaching, if, especially if I was teaching in COVID and I was teaching in this scenario where it's new, it's more difficult. Uh, I need new, I, you know, I need new answers. Maybe I'm, you know, I probably wouldn't even give myself that it's harder because <laughs> I'm just not, I don't find that that thought serves me, but, but it is different. I'm going to, I'm going to be definitely looking for adjustments. And so if I'm inspired, then I would ask for help and I would kind of get some of my pride. I don't know if that's what you struggle with. I did. <laughs> I, I wanted to be the kid's favorite teacher and I wanted to do it better than the person in the room next to me teaching the same thing. And I, I wanted to, I had pride. Um, I would look for and praise resiliency. And, and part of that is that I have a belief that the students that you are working with, the people that you're working with through this time, if I, if I go out 30 years into the future, they are the most resilient set of leaders that this country has ever seen because they went through an education process that was required more resiliency. It was more laden with failure <laughs> than any other generation before them. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm creating the leaders that are 30 years from now that, that the country will look at and they'll say, wow, hey, that, those are those COVID kids. <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm, whenever I see resiliency, I know what they need. So I'm like, what do I need? If I'm going to be stewarding these kids in this stage, and what do I want them to have? Resiliency more than anything. And so when I see it, even more than putting the right factorization of the polynomial, I'm going to praise that resiliency. I'm like, look at you, but like you, you're wrong three times. Yes. <laughs> you, did, you did three times. And, and it's a very, I'm just looking for a different measure, I guess, when I put it in that framework. Mm -hmm. Praising small stuff is actually something that I stole from a TED talk about motivating kids mm. and they said instead of looking at video games as the enemy why don't we look at video games as the greatest teacher of motivation that there ever was how do they do it <laughs> they clearly motivate kids and drive kids and addict kids like what's their secret how are they doing that and one of the things they pointed out was specifically super mario brothers that simply by running forward, you get gold coins that come with a ding, ding, ding. And I think, I can't remember, but I think they're even worth like a hundred bucks. <laughs> We're taking a step forward. Boom. <laughs> and, and he's like, that's what it is. It's, it's, you know, we tend to think that we create motivation by only praising greatness. And, and he's like, no, give them 10 points for showing up. 10 points every day. I mean, shoot, as a math teacher, you can still make all the percentages work out the way you want. You can still turn all the dials on, on what a student has to do to get the grade they want. But hey, hey good to see you here. Enjoy your 10 points. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like, and so however that looks, I would really be looking for praising the small stuff and rewarding the small that the students do. Mm -hmm. um, I put this one, this is a, it's plan, execute, evaluate. Oh, this is supposed to be uh, adjust, actually, in here. This is a different one. Can you a different message? Um, plan, execute, evaluate, adjust. And I put in reality. And this is someplace that I really check. 
myself because anytime I'm saying should, a student should be this, a parent should do this, and it's different than what they're doing, then I am making plans in a fantasy. That's not real. That's not what they're doing. And so now I'm coming up with solutions that work in the fantasy I created. They work in the make-believe where everyone's doing what they should, in my opinion, <laughs> but they don't work in the reality where people are doing what I see them doing. A perfect example of this is that there's a woman that I went to high school with who's now a college professor, and she complains about her students on Facebook all the time. And it's always the same complaint. She's like, they never read the directions. They don't read the directions. These are, they're in college. By college, you should be reading the directions. And I'm always reading it now with my mindset. I'm like, but they don't. So why? And so her solution is always the same. I'm going to write better directions. Like, listen to how good I wrote the directions. They're so clear. And she's like, but they don't read them. And I'm like, yeah, they don't read them. <laughs> so come up with a different solution. Communicate differently because your solution only works in this fantasy that you've created where they read them because they should, but they don't. And so that, that's what I like in here. And when I'm in my good model, when I'm doing it right, I'm making plans and I'm executing plans and I'm seeing if they work and I'm making adjustments in reality, not in the fantasy in my mind. Mm. Um, I support me. And what I mean by that is I've got patterns and routines and, um, you know, just assistance, anything I can do that puts me in this headspace. I know that more important than anything I do is that I'm feeling inspired. And so I'm probably not gonna feel inspired from when the bell rings to the bell rings. And, and so what can I do? What are my systems? What can I plan, execute, evaluate, and adjust that keeps me in the headspace I wanna be in, regardless of how the students come into my classroom? Because I don't wanna be counting on their help <laughs> to, to keep me in a good headspace. Some of them do great. Some of them are, are just joys to see, but I don't want to count on them. Um, and then I put on here just sort of generally, I like to create, innovate, and risk. You know, again, just asking myself, what do I want to be doing? I want to be trying new stuff. I, I definitely do. I want to be taking risks. I want to be doing things where I don't know how they're going to work out, partly because it's super fun and, and partly because it's how I'm going to find something new. But then also just what, how, how can I create? What can I innovate? What's a new way? I've already done it that way. What's a new way that I can do this? How am I going to solve this problem? Let me not grab my same slides from last year. Let me, <laughs> let, let me innovate on this thing. And the result of all that, I'm not even going to put that the students do any better. I'm not going to put that their grades go up. I'm not going to put that their test scores increase. I'm not going to put anything that's out of my control in this result. But if I really did all this, I'm going to be proud of, of how I showed up. Similar to the way I would feel about a student who did all of this and still failed the test, mm -hmm. I, I would be genuinely proud. And, and I would know that the lesson I had taught was bigger than math in, in that scenario. Mm -hmm. That this, this is what I want. This is the best I could ask for my students. Mm -hmm. And so I, I like this result. And Jake, what is the thought? I can't read that. Uh, it says, I'll get this. There's no clock. And that's going to be really personal. That, you know, that's me brainstorming mine. And it's going to, we'll got plenty of time for you guys to think through yours. 
because that's, that's, that's it. Actually, this is so great, Monica, that you teach math, because this is what I do when I'm coaching. I put a box around the answer, not this stuff. This is the answer. This whole work, all the work I'm doing is to get to my answer. And it's right there. And it's going to be a little bit different for each of us. But, but I will say that I, I take on a thought that if my students love learning and if I can decrease their fear of math, that no matter what happens while they're in my class for a year, they're going to be set up well. Uh, that, that's the best I could ask for as they go forward. There's no clock. I don't have to do this by June. Mm. This student's on a, on a journey. This isn't, this isn't basketball. There's not a whistle at the end where I either won or lost. This is, this is a lifelong process. And, and the lessons I'm teaching are deeper than, than the algebra. You know, there's more going on here. And so I like that thought that, that I'll figure this out. There's no clock. There's also no clock for me. If I don't figure it out with in this year, I'll do better next year and I'll do better the next year and I'll do better the next year. And, and when I take on that as a teacher, then sure enough, you've got the new teachers that come in and they look at you and they're like, how are you doing all of that? Like, how could you possibly be getting all of that, managing all that at once? They're like, oh, it's because I've just been trying to be better <laughs> every year. I'm just looking at how can I be better? How can I be better? How can I be better? There's no clock for me either. I'm, I'm in this forever. The, the same with my coaching. I mean, right now I'm running a business. I'm like asking people to pay me for this transformation. And I know full well from those years teaching, I will be so much better at this 10 years from now than I am right now. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about that. You know, that's, that's the way it's going to be. It's going to go on forever and ever. Mm, that's good. And, and so that, that's, where, that's where you kind of want to look and just check with yourself. And it may not be that you want to feel inspired. You may want to feel committed. You may want to feel willing. You may want to feel, I, I don't mind motivated. If my wife was here, she'd be like motivated. That's not a good one. <laughs> but I, I don't mind motivated because as long as I understand how I'm in control of turning the dials, I'm motivated, then I think it's fine. I think a lot of people see motivation as something that happens to us. I know that's what she means when she's like, no, don't do motivated. It, it comes out. <coughs> No. And so, um, but yeah, and, and whatever feeling you want, and then you're going to want your thought up there that, that just like does something in you. I actually did this for myself before this meeting about this meeting instead of about the students. And the thought I have is that I can help more students with these Zoom calls than I did as a teacher. Mm. And I'm like, whoa, yeah, that's exactly what I want to be thinking when I'm on here. Mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, it, it's perfect for me because I got a lot of default thoughts about doing this that like aren't leading to the result that I want. But I'm like, no, th this is what it is. And so you just want to find it for you, like the one that kind of almost like puts a little motion in your eye or, you know, like makes your heart, your chest feel a certain way. I think for me, are you familiar with, with um, Danny Silk and his writings mm -hmm. about powerful people and powerless people? Mm -hmm. um, so for me, when I saw the word inspired, I'm thinking I want to be powerful. And that doesn't mean, Brooke, that doesn't mean like, oh, I'm mean and controlling and I get to hurt people. 
was like owning yeah. my own stuff and yeah. everyone else is going to own their stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's bigger than that, but I think for me, because that's been one of my goals is becoming more powerful, like not being a victim, not blaming other people, but also not taking their blame, uh -huh. you know, like keeping boundaries. I think that's a big thing with parents when a parent's like, what are you going to do about my flunking kid who won't, right, right. Who won't study? What are you going to do? Uh -huh. That's not my problem. So. <laughs> I think to me that word inspired i'm gonna insert power powerful i i love it yeah. and it um what why would you want to be powerful what does that what does that do for you uh, uh not not in terms of like how you act but but how do you think about yourself when you're powerful oh i'm not there yet so i don't know <laughs> Just... put, put it on put it on yeah let me what actually let me um hang on one second i'm gonna um, I was just talking to my daughter about being powerful and um, I, I had to do a homework assignment regarding this. Um, oh, perfect. So, um, okay, a powerful person knows how to grow their character to manage their life by love. So I could come at this through love or I could come mm -hmm. at it through fear. Mm -hmm. Fear is going to be like, oh, People are going to know that my AP students in the past, like they're going to think I'm a terrible teacher. I'm probably going to get fired. You uh -huh. know, so just coming at it um, through love. Um, figuring out how to handle the freedom and its responsibilities. Um, this is kind of from a Christian perspective. So there's some ha having a sound mind and uh -huh. um self-control and that kind of thing um not managing other people because that doesn't work for all anyway um actually and it has a lot to do with what we believe that our feelings okay our thoughts are ac activate feelings that are communicated through words which are followed by actions uh -huh. that are strung together to become habits then the routine of habits become character. Uh -huh. Character then is what pushes you into your destiny. So it's really starting with the belief system. Yeah, yeah. Um, powerful people bring high levels of respect and high levels of responsibility to their relationships and expect those things from other people as well. Powerful people say, I choose to blank. I am, I can, I won't. And that is like versus I have to, or right. I'll try. Um, powerful people know that when they are truly victimized at another person's hand, they have the choice um, of, of what they're going to do next. Like, yeah. what am I going to do next? Um, instead of like, why did this happen to me? And staying in the victim. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So I good. love it. So, so much of that is awesome. And I really, I really love the difference between uh, the word victimized and victim, mm -hmm. that they're not the same thing, that you can be genuinely victimized mm -hmm. and still not be a victim. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really cool. Mm -hmm. um, so what's coming to mind as, as I listen to all this from you, how does a thought feel of like, um, 
my love can't be stopped. I choose to love no matter what. Uh, so something along those lines is where I'm looking. Because this is what I'm doing. I, I like where you are going. And I want this here. Mm -hmm. I want powerful in this spot. And so this, this idea of love over fear, it could even just be saying, I choose love. Mm -hmm. Period. I choose love. And, and that's, a, that's a very powerful, you know, that's making me feel powerful. Then that whole list, taking responsibility, not blame, blaming, you know, victim, that, that's all going to be your, you know, that's all of this. You mm -hmm. just filled in your whole model of, of what you're going to do with the result of being, I'm a powerful person. Mm -hmm. and, and that's and when you look back at my human see on your face that if you're looking back and all all of your students have like d's and c's and and you know whatever and you honestly looked back and saw yourself as a powerful person i showed up powerfully for my students you're like hey that good for me yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> And, and they saw that and, you know, they have that example in their life of someone that showed up powerfully. And yeah, it, it could be incredible. And, and especially thinking about if, if you could, if you knew, if your students felt powerful, you'd have the easiest job in the world. You wouldn't even be teaching anywhere. You'd just be talking. <laughs> I talk, they do. <laughs> because they all feel powerful. <laughs> yeah. 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 I really like this model, by the way. This is great. Cool. Yeah, um, I w went through a season where we were, Whit and I were both kind of questioning the model versus um, Christianity versus Christ. Like, are we okay here? You know, I guess. And then you, you read through, and um, <laughs> the, whole, the whole gospel is, is people going, um, prove it, prove it, prove it. Like, what, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? And he's like, believe. Believe. <laughs> and I believe. Believe. Believe on them. But believe them. It's like, oh, yeah. Okay, sweet. So Jesus is a sweet life coach. I got it. Yeah. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually doing ministry school um, right now. And I, I think Wit was, is doing it too, right? Oh, yeah. You do, you're doing BSSM? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, she is. She's doing it right now. That, that's why I get to do this. <laughs> oh. She's doing it right now. Okay, like, well, I, right, I'll take them. Okay, I'm in my first year, and so um, one of the things I just learned this week is, um, like, just when you're reading the Bible, sorry that this just went Christian. I hope everybody's okay with that. Okay, it's the best life coaching, so we do. Okay, um, is, like, at the end, instead of saying, what am I going to do? Like, you read your, if you're doing a Bible study or something, uh -huh. what am I going to do is change that. What am I going to believe? Oh yeah. Stop having a to-do list, but have a to-believe list because yeah. that's where it starts, right? Yeah, exactly. That That's yeah. why I get the box. That was so powerful. Yeah. It's lining up all with, with what mm. you're saying. So it's good. Yeah, perfect. I love it. Anything for you, Brooke? Oh, it's so good. It's all so good. I love it. <laughs> it's so interesting because I was actually doing this and, and Monica, I, I worked through, I've been practicing some of these like models and things also. And so it's interesting because I literally 
did one this morning, a thought model on, and it was about that. Not that my employee wasn't performing, but my, my employee should step up and help out. You know, like, hey, here's an opportunity. You should step up and help out. And she didn't. And I had a lot of my default thinking was not pretty. <laughs> like I had a whole bunch of really not nice thoughts and all these. And so it was interesting. I got all that out. And so then when I, when I went back and the, the feeling that I was shooting for was compassion. Mm -hmm. Okay. In this, in my particular case. And I was like, you know, so I, compassion is so that it when I even just changing that put puts, puts me in a whole different perspective to where like okay what do I need to think in order to feel compassion and I was just thinking well of course you said no you know like nice. if I could say no I would say no you know like it it, it was just <laughs> right exactly you know like it put a whole different spin like okay uh -huh. yes you know good Good for her for saying no and take having her self-care over running herself ragged, you know? And like, so I was able to come at it from a totally different space just by choosing that, that, that feeling compassion helped me with my thoughts. And so, yeah, so that was a, a big one for me that came out for me was compassion for the feeling. Cool. What did you change your thought to? So my thought was, um, my thought was more like an accepting one, like, of, of course she said no, okay. you know, in a, in a, like, like in a, like, why wouldn't she like, um, you know, of course she did. Like I, I felt a compassionate way to say it. Not like, Oh, of course she said no. You know, <laughs> right. It was like, you know, of course she said no, you yeah. know, she, she, she gets to say no, she chose self-care, you know, of course, of course she said no in that kind of a frame of mind you know, more of, of that sense than the other. So that's what, what helped me get to feeling compassionate for her. Mm, that's good. Yeah. So. Yeah, super good. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah. So the, and th that is actually, of course, and compassion are, are to, together. Um, even when it's for yourself, that it's, you know, when you let yourself down, that's as part of what we teach as a self-compassion script. Is that if I find myself in producing these results, well, of course I did. I'm a, I'm a human being and, and I do this sometimes and it's, it's okay. And, and I, it leaves me, you know, I, I'm, I'm strong enough to feel defeated. Defeated is just an emotion. So is hopeless. So is anxiety. And, and I can't actually feel it. And so, you know, once I, so of course I did, and, and I kind of, you know, switched the negative instead of mean to myself, I'm like, and, and I'm strong enough to feel it. Or, or maybe I, I really screwed up and I feel guilty, you know, at the end, like I'm, I'm strong enough to feel guilt also. It, it's a vibration in my body and I'm strong enough to feel it. Now, where do I go from here? And, and it, it's a really nice, it, it's a really nice transition from when you're being mean to yourself, switching into self-compassion um, go, goes in that route. So perfect, R really good thought and, and really, really well done. Um, I do want to circle back real quick to the, those like questions. So now that we're in this model, mm -hmm. now, now let's look back, like you're saying, and when a, when a parent is like, hey, you're dropping the ball. <laughs> and, and, and I can say like, well, of course a parent would say that. 
Mm. What what's a parent's top priority? Their kid over what? Everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like do I do I believe in torture? No. Would I torture someone because my daughter was missing? Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, you know, it, it, it's a uh, you know, of course a parent is is going to respond that way. Mm-hmm. And so so then I can be like, okay, I'm not agreeing with it for me though. And so now I get to see how do I want to show up in in this? How do I want to speak to this? It's really okay for this parent to think I'm a bad teacher. It's okay. And and that's only though when I'm feeling powerful or feeling inspired, you know, then I don't need anything fr- from that parent for that. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if a student studied for hours and still did poorly on the test, I would be super interested in that. <laughs> like either, either they didn't and they're just lying, which could be, I would give it 80% probability. <laughs> and, 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 but it, it could also be that they don't know how to study. Mm-hmm. I know my daughter, uh, it was like something that I, I told her all the time. I would be like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm studying for my math test. I'm like, you don't even have a pencil. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm reviewing my notes. And I'm like, I hate to tell you this, but that's not studying. <laughs> not for math, you know, like maybe for a vocabulary test or something I could see that I could do it. But <laughs> studying for math requires a pencil. And so that was like sort of the, the you know, the, what we had in here. But it really was, it was genuine. She really did spend a lot of hours reviewing her notes. And she really did fail that test. And there really was some adjustment to be made. <laughs> so, so sometimes I, I think it is, you know, that that piece. And then uh, the, the, this one's going to be like I, where I get into revealing thoughts and not not any teaching philosophies, retaking tests and extra credit without uh, doing the initial credit. You know, mm-hmm. the initial work. Both those things I think are places where teachers are a bit divided in general. And, um, and I don't think there is a right or wrong side to be on that, it, but there are thoughts that lead to results, no matter what you put in your action line with those two things. And so I do want to support me. And so if, if the question, I know it wasn't really your question, Monica, but, but if the question is about like, my time, like putting boundaries on my time, I could actually think a growth mindset, top priority means that failure is okay, that failure is not a problem. Failure is not to be punished. Failure should be encouraged. That's a growth mindset. And so if they're failing a test and I'm like, no, you get a zero. Well, I don't know that I'm encouraging it unless I'm presenting it from a place of like, where's our adjustment going forward? That, I mean, I, I could see like, you know, experiencing failure, it can be, it can be okay that you got a zero. <laughs> We're not going to redo the zero because it's, a, because it's okay. It, but if I get into a place of like, oh, you got a zero, all of a sudden, I think I am out of a growth mindset. I think I just jumped into a fixed, you know, mindset in that case. And so kind of looking at those, but, but I also wouldn't want to say like, okay, well then a growth mindset is saying like, do it again. I could say do it again as a punishment <laughs> also, <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, you're not off the hook. The rest of the class is going on. You're studying again tonight. You know, it, it could come from that place versus it could be like, hey, where did this go wrong? Like, hey, it's, it's no big deal. Let's see how we can fix it. And, and so just seeing there's kind of, I say whenever there's two choices, there's always four choices. 
because you can do choice A as a victim, or you can do choice A empowered, mm -hmm. or you can do choice B as a victim, or you can do choice B as empowered. Mm -hmm. and, and so just sort of seeing where, where we are on that and coming up with your own conclusion, your own reasons why, and knowing that even if you land on uh, growth mindset does include retests, you're still allowed to set boundaries. It, you know, it doesn't obligate you to just like, okay, now every student is taking every test, even from six months ago that, you know, you still get to, you know, make your policy. So just kind of quiet that, that fear of that. And then the extra credit versus the regular credit. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think my, my tendency on that is I just assign the homework again and call it extra credit. I'm like, what do I care? <laughs> I just go do it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you didn't want to do this regular when I assigned these, these 10 binomials that you had to factor. Well, I'll tell you what, for extra credit, do these 10 binomials. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll play your game. <laughs> but, <clears throat> but, you know, similarly, I think that I think that a teacher in that case, extra credit, no extra credit, they've got four choices whenever there's two. They could do it empowered or as a victim in either case. And it's going to take, you know, just uh, that. That's why I kind of like this. The model is that you just want to answer those questions from your powerful model. That That's all. And, and the answer is inside of you already, you know, or, or your daughter should show them through. Can I ask one question that's yeah, really specific, though, just about your example of students don't read directions? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some ideas for that? Because they don't. Yeah, because <laughs> they don't. They so, don't. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so <laughs> I, I don't know exactly, <laughs> but I, I do love starting there. Like whatever solution I come up with is not going to involve a student reading a direction. <clears throat> and so maybe it is, um, you know, like I'm going to say, some sort of a direction and then I'm going to have another student tell another student that direction or or whatever you know or I'm going to be like hey listen we just do figured out tests <laughs> like I'm going to put a bunch of problems on here T take a shot at it <laughs> you know <laughs> that's what you're doing anyway and, and so I, I don't know <clears throat> exactly what what that would be but I guess if I was looking at what's the purpose of having directions it's to try and, you know, anticipate where a student is going to make an error or, or come up short. Mm -hmm. and, and so if, if I'm like, let me solve that problem, then let me either make it okay for them to come up short and I'm going to address it once they do. I know that for a lot of my teaching, I assigned homework, knowing the students were going to fail at the homework, knowing that my plan for the next day was to go over the homework. And, and then kind of showing them that pattern enough times that the students who didn't do the homework, I was like, do you see that you're missing the crucial ingredient of, of step three? And they're like, but I don't know how to do the homework. I'm like, yeah, but that, I want you to go fail at it because mm -hmm. then it's going to make sense tomorrow. <laughs> and so it just, I mean, just as an example, like, like I gave instructions, like do the homework. They didn't, you know, instead they didn't showing like the failing like really just incorporating it. And, and I think kind of always coming back to that idea that a growth mindset encourages failing. And it's mm. kind of the opposite, I think, of the way that we're taught to teach. Mm, I like that. Mm -hmm. There's a guy that I love that I follow. Um, Trevor Reagan is his name. And, and all of his stuff is about growth mindset and teaching. 
and um, and he apologized. He said, "I used to. I used. To, he's a public speaker. I used to travel the world telling students it was okay to fail." He's like, "And I apologize. I will never say that again. It's mandatory to fail." Uh -huh. I was like, "Oh, that's sweet." Hmm. That's good. So in a public school situation with 37 students in the class, um, and you're trying to kind of somehow teach them this model, just mm -hmm. saying, how are you feeling? I mean, what's a way to do that? I mean, I'm picturing like, do you give them a sheet of paper at the beginning, have them write how they're feeling or get it out? Or is there a way to like sneak this stuff in while you're trying to teach this busy curriculum? And you yeah. five snow days, so school was canceled, so you're already fine. <laughs> yeah. And like- Oh, I, I erased it. There's no clock. <laughs> <laughs> There's no behind. <laughs> it just is. Um, yeah, I, I would say that it is going to be a lot of trial and error. It's going to be slow at first. I think asking how you're feeling is good. I think that you using the model is really important. You using the model on you will will you won't be able to stop it from bleeding out into how you speak and and how you describe okay. things to the to the students. And then um, questions like um, really being curious. Anytime a student does anything, whether good or bad. The more you understand this, the more you're curious what was here. Mm. And you'll notice you just ask a lot. What, what, thought, what thought made you feel that way? What were you thinking when you did that? Tell me what was going on in your mind. Well, you're just so curious about what's in their mind because you know that that's the answer. It's always in okay. there. Okay. Okay. Mm, I like that. And you yeah. know what? I Probably a lot of the time it's going to be um, either a growth mindset issue Mm -hmm. Well, I hate math. I can't do math. Blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. 100%. Or it's going to be, I don't like school. I didn't have time. I played video games all night. And that's why I didn't do it. Like, you know, there's certain things you already kind of know. Mm -hmm. um, I, one of my personal goals would be to get them to be able just to say that. Mm -hmm. See, like, I played video games all night. That's why I, that's yeah. why I felt uh -huh. Like I, I would be so happy if not, I wouldn't be happy, but I already know they're doing that. But you can be happy. Yeah. That's you're allowed to be happy about it. Just admit that uh -huh. and own it because they're going to be a better person. Right. If they can just say it out loud, like I screwed up instead of lying and saying they, you wouldn't believe the lies I get, but. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like own it. Uh -huh. If I could just get them to own it, like, I hate this class and I never study because it's, it's too hard for me. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I, I feel like I could start there with them. You know? uh -huh. I don't know. Yeah. So the, the, the tricky part of it. So basically what you're describing is in, I call it holding space. So, so if I'm going to coach someone, I do two things simultaneously. I'm never going to judge anything you say is good or bad. I'm also never going to believe anything that you say. <laughs> and and, I, and i'm gonna hold that space and 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 i know that i'm doing it well when the people that i coach are like i feel so comfortable there you know and but it, but if a student says to me like hey i i can't do this 
I, I'm, I, I already don't believe them. You know, well, no, 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 Mr. L, there, there are these three reasons why. I'm already like, yeah, those reasons don't exist. And, 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 and so, but at the same time, but, but I love you, but I'm supporting you. I'm on your side. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like this tension. It's this simultaneous, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to agree with you so that you can feel comfort. That's not what I'm here for. However, I, I am, I am so just fanatically your fan and, and I'm going to hold those two things in, in the same space. And it really is something that you have to put on. And I've, I've even seen, I think, especially with Brooke, Brooke is Wit's sister. And, and so I've, <laughs> I, I have watched, I have watched Wit coach Brooke with her coaching hat on. And she's in this space. I will not believe any excuse that she says. This person said this to me and they shouldn't have said that. No, I will not agree with you that they shouldn't have said that. I will not agree because then we're both stuck. And, and so, and she's, she's there and I watch it. And, and then at the end, she's like, okay, coaching hat off. I can't believe she said that. It's like, boom, it, it, it comes on because it, it, all, it, it has shortcomings. You don't always want to be a coach. It's not very connecting, honestly. It's not a good way to show up in a marriage. I'm not going to go downstairs and coach Wit, no matter whether I have a solution for her or not, because it is very disconnecting. And, and so you, you, I want to know, like, do I have this hat on or do I not have this hat on? And so it's something that, you know, when you're with your students, you're going to be aware, like, I can, I, I can never agree with any of your excuses and I can love you so hard. And, and it's a place that I'm going to be and you may not like it sometimes and you may not understand it. And, and I, I know why I'm being it. And I'm going to also know that probably I want to turn it off sometimes because I actually do want to be connected with my students. <laughs> And, and so it, it's going to be a little bit of a... What, what if their excuse was, I don't like your class and I played video games? Mm -hmm. I mean, both yeah. of those are true. Yeah, I, I agree. Right? I think it makes perfect sense. I, I would actually expect that. If I were to put on here, numb your favorite flavor, I think it would be video games for like 90% <laughs> of, of yeah. students. Yeah. And so if a, if a student came to me and they're like, hey, if I saw they're on their phone playing video games or I knew they were up playing video games, I would be like, of course, of course. Yeah, for sure. I'm not going to try to fix the video games. I know that the answer's here. I know the answer's here. Let's figure out what this is. We're going to have to find this one first. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole process of how do you go from switching when you really believe this one? Mm -hmm. How do you... You know, how do you get zero if none of your AP kids pass the test? How do you not say I'm not doing this right? How, how do I not say I'm not doing it right? That's the belief that, you know, but no, I just, I don't like the result. I got to get, I got to get over here. And so there's a lot to this more than just the tool of the model itself. That's what we work with clients usually for six months. <laughs> and, then, and then after the six months, they sign up again for no, because it is, it's a, it's a skill that you're building. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to that. Whit and I really appreciate it. But we don't wanna just leave you there. If you're ready to make the jump from this sort of passive consumption to really taking some action towards transformation, we wanna remind you that this is probably not a one and done sort of endeavor. This is something that's gonna take daily renewal of your mind and some consistency. With that in mind, Whit and I have built a course called Trust You, where you can learn to trust yourself and we can walk alongside you as you build your consistency and your ability to do what you say. 
If that stirs something inside of you, head over to steadfastlifecoaching.com. There's a good chance it's just what you're looking for.